Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. All right, lovers. Episode 47. The truth about on-again, off-again relationships. And if you've been listening to us for a while and following along, you have heard my story of the 17-time on-again, off-again <laughs> uh, for three years. So I do have a thing or two to say about this topic. And Kate and I have conversations about just how pervasive this is. Like maybe even... Maybe this hasn't been your story of on again, off again, but we bet you know somebody who's on again, off again, and you're going to want to send her this message. And the new truth stands for the new paradigm of love and to really take a look at all the things that we've normalized or let be okay. I have to mm. say a lot of the conversations I've been having lately once clients are actually asking me questions, I have no doubt you've had this experience too, is the things that I say are so counter to what their friends are saying. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute, my friend said that was okay. And I'm like, no, it's actually not <laughs> to be treated that way, to have that kind of experience. And that's why, at least that's one of the many reasons why I'm so you know, passionate about this podcast because we're bringing truth to new normal rather than it's okay to be struggling in love all the time. It's okay to never get your needs met. It's okay for freaking drama. No more, no more. So you're listening no to new, the new truth podcast because you want more for yourself and you want more for our collective and you certainly want more in the realm of relationships. So anything you want to say about that as we get going on this, Kate? I just think that you, I mean, you're the queen of the on again, off again. <laughs> I, I was trying to think back. I'm like, have I ever, I don't even know if I've ever got back together with an ex uh, before. I don't think I have, but I did have an on again, off again friendship that I went through. Mm. So I experienced it in that way. Um, and, but I think it would be really great for you to start out by sharing your full story with Jamie. Cause I know there's women that join every week who haven't heard us before and and just to, to explain the, the pain, because this is obviously all of our episodes come with so much love and so much care and so much compassion. It is not your fault. Nobody taught us how to do relationship. And the old paradigm of love where we're taught that we're only allowed one thing, which is one partner forever. And there's this timeline and this pressure to be at a certain place by a certain age and all of these bullshit rules that we're unconsciously living by until you get to the new truth. Um, it, it, that's what dictates us tolerating this. The reason we stay in toxic relationships and we go, go back to the ex over and over and over again is a missing out on a spiritual belief in the trust in the universe and trust that there's something greater coming. 
And also, um, it's, I mean, it's usually a trauma bond and wounding, which I know you'll talk about when you talk about Jamie, but it's not your fault. Nobody taught us how to do relationship. And there's this weird, uncomfortable pressure where everyone's like uncomfortable with women being single for five minutes. And so, oh, well, if I can't find anyone out there, I guess I should <laughs> go for my ex again. One more time, one more time, one more time. And yeah, so I just want to start off by saying it's not your fault and you are not alone. This is so many women do this and it is really, really, really common. And there's so many reasons for it, which we'll unpack today. But yeah, let's hear your, your Jamie story again from the beginning. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. It's not your fault and you absolutely can break free from it yes. and know it's not normal. Doesn't mean you're meant to be together if you keep going back to each other. Um, so we'll have to unpack the difference between, you know, this, oh man, we have to have an episode about the twin flame bullshit. <laughs> we got to flag this. Um, no, it is not your twin flame if you are on again, off again and in so much pain. But all right. So in order to talk about on again, off again, we have to talk about childhood and I'll just address it for one second, which is if you had inconsistency with mm. air and maybe you're listening right now and you're like, oh, my childhood was great, <laughs> you know, or I don't have trauma. It's actually you, you might not have the memories because it can start as an infant if there was mm. any inconsistency with care. So I was someone where the inconsistency looked like one second, my parent was calm and loving. And then the next second, she was not. And mm. she was a monster and physically abusive or being really mean to me. And so that's actually just a taste of what was inconsistent with me because maybe you had a parent that was around, but then they'd travel all the time. So it wasn't even like they were a bad, but they weren't around. So you didn't know how to develop what's called a secure attachment, which is I can trust that my needs will be met. I trust that someone will be there for me when I'm crying or scared. And for me, it was, wait, one second you love me and then one second you don't. One second you're calm and then the next second you're not. So that was my chaos. And my dad was also not around. <laughs> he was a chef. So worked all of those hours. And so I was someone who w then developed a belief that my needs could not be met. And I had to settle for just a little bit of them. And that's mm -hmm. where the on again, off again comes from. And I, I meet Jamie at the gym and was, you know, the immediate projection of he's so charming. He's so confident. He's into personal development like me and was unwilling to see all of the ways in which he was not emotionally available. And mm -hmm. that is a very common pattern. And I think we talk all the time about the difference between learning how to live a life based on how it feels for you rather than how it looks. And I think a lot of women actually when you don't believe you're worthy of having your needs met, we'll focus on the outside of him. Like, oh, he has a great job. He's financially secure. He is confident, but they miss that none of their heart's needs are mm. being addressed. And that was absolutely true for me. Jamie and I had a ton in common too. And so yeah. there was another hook, but my heart- Yeah, you're swept up by the story in your head about him about and who him. he is. But 
it's, it was all about who he was as opposed to like, how do I feel? I mean, this is, we say this all the time, but it's so simple. And yet it's a challenge to, <laughs> to learn how to train yourself to do this. Like, how do I feel when I'm around this person? Do I feel held? Do I feel seen? Do I feel understood? Do I feel supported? Do I feel met? Do I feel like connected? And yet we get, women get so swept away by the idea of someone, men do too, um, that we get hijacked. I feel like everyone needs to pause this for a second and write down those words that you just said, because I would have told you that I felt so good. I felt so good with him. And it was not rooted in any of thing, anything you just said. And it's really hard to know what it feels like to be seen and understood and connected in the first fucking five minutes of meeting someone. Yeah. And so (laughs) that's, that's part of it. And that's such a good, that's such a good point because the good feelings, like if it's, if we're just basing it on feeling good, your mind can make you feel good and amazing and lit up and shitty all in one second based on the story it's telling. So you could be having a great day and then all of a sudden you make up a story that your friend's mad at you and then you feel shitty or you are having, or you're on a date and your, your body, like something feels a little bit off, but you, your mind is telling this fantasy about how amazing this guy, Jamie is. And then all of a sudden you feel uh, amazing in your body because it releases the endorphins. Right. Right. And I was not connected to myself at all at that time. I mean, I was 20, I don't, how old was I? 23, 23 years old. And, you know, it's just hysterical to me. Like everyone in their twenties doesn't actually really know who they are. Like we're all figuring it out. That's what that time period is, but we're expected to choose a life partner in our freaking twenties. It's insane. Or our career, like our life. Oh no. Right. I have to know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, but this, this place of, and and if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you're going to want to go grab that one and what to do when you like someone and what not to do. Cause that's all part of it. There's a difference between I feel really good with this person, which you have a right to feel and which absolutely might be true, but it takes time to know if you are seen and truly connected. And if emotional intimacy gets developed, because it takes time to develop that. But when you're a love addict like me, you don't want to (laughs) wait. You don't want to wait to find that out. You are captivated and swept by the little bit of feeling good that you have. And this is all to say too, even before Jamie, I had never had a relationship last longer than a year. And I was, you know, two years sober when I met Jamie. So I was absolutely still figuring myself out. And we made it maybe seven months before our first breakup. And so there's always a joke where, you know, I have a whole other feeling about the honeymoon phase. We'll do it. The truth about the honeymoon phase another Mm -hmm. time. But usually, yeah, six months to a year is when the projections start to fade. Things start getting a little more real. You're discovering who the person is. So, of course, our first argument, who knows what it was about, our first argument, he breaks up with me. And that was the start of on again, off again, because it was as soon as things got too difficult, I couldn't handle what I was feeling because I immediately got activated into my fear of abandonment. And he got activated into fear of closeness because now we would actually have to deal with something together. And off we went. 
And we actually probably went three months before we got back together because I started my business. I started my business in the midst of that horrific breakup because I threw myself into something I cared about. I threw myself into something I loved. So of course I looked really good because I was confident again. I was taking care of myself. I was doing something that I was passionate about. And then we maybe made it three months and then we broke up and then we made it three months and then we broke up. And, and was it, it was it, month. were the breakups always like, did you have fights in between where you made it through the fights or were the breakups, no. the fights? The breakup was always the fight. Wow. And that's something to really watch. Cause there's a lot of things happening. And, and I think learning how to master your emotions and why nervous system work is so important and learning how to actually have fights while in a regulated state is so essential because what was happening is I was never honest about mm. how I was feeling. And I chose an avoidance. Like if you haven't listened to Mark Robes and Kylie's episode, we'll let you go over there to hear about the truth of you know avoidance. And we'll certainly bring in more people that are um, experts in attachment styles, but emotional intimacy. So of course, here's what's happening for me, the, my childhood all over again, because when he was great, he was so great. And I totally still love him and have such a deep appreciation for him. But that was the hook is when he was great, he was great. And when he was not great, he was really freaking not great. Mm. And the core of everything the new truth stands for, what every episode has been about is all of my attention kept going to him. Yeah. And I could not be honest about the experience I was having. And I really didn't know how to be until I ended up in therapy where someone actually taught me about what love addiction was and what codependency was and what it means to have a lost sense of self. Hmm. Because if you have trauma, if you don't know who you are, knowing how you feel is going to be really hard. And mm -hmm. we live in a culture where we care about having a relationship more than anything else. We don't care about whether or not you're happy in it. Mm -hmm. And I did not know how to be honest with myself until it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I believe that every woman in on again, off again has to hit her own bottom. Like my friend, I mean, my friends had no idea what to do with me. I have talked about that in my you know, first interview. The best thing that you can do for your on again, off again friend is let her hit her bottom. Mm. And to stay standing for what you believe in about her and remind her that she deserves the world and that love doesn't hurt and that she can have a secure, healthy relationship. But no, I had to hit bottom. And my bottom was we went to a movie together. This, you know, 11 p.m. I'm standing in the Boston Common. I mean, we just literally watched a movie and then something happened. We were walking home and he broke up with me. And it's 11.30 p.m. and I'm walking through the park in Boston Commons and I am sick. I am so empty. I can't believe it had happened again. And I, and I just, I have goosebumps thinking about it because it was my bottom. I had a moment where I said, I cannot live like this anymore. This cannot be what relationship is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. And I called a friend who was an expert in love addiction and she started talking to me every week. And then I eventually found an inner child therapist. And then I found my best friend, Lauren, who is trained in the work that I'm now trained in. And she's the one that really saved my life. But love addiction's a real thing. And love addiction is not an addiction to love. It's an addiction to pain. 
And I'm mm. going to say that again. Wow. Love addiction yeah. is not an addiction to love because it's not love. It's a hook into mm. pain that reminds me of the pain of my childhood because I don't have enough self-worth self and I don't believe in myself enough to believe that my needs can be met in relationships. So I settle for crumbs. And mm. I have had countless clients that I've had on again, off again. And I am really sick and tired of the spiritual bullshit because if you keep getting back together with your ex, that does not mean anything other than the trauma bond that you have. And that's a physiological hook. It is not a spiritual hook. It is not God saying maybe you're meant to be together. No, but mm -hmm. you have to believe that your needs can be met and you have to believe in the connection from your heart because we had a ton of things in common but there was no emotional connection mm -hmm. and he couldn't stand the intimacy anymore than I could. You will attract someone with the same intimacy tolerance as you period. So guess what? It's not all about him being emotionally unavailable. You are. And mm -hmm. I sure as hell was. Yeah. And I, it took, I, I don't, you know, it, it took doing inner child work and then the spiritual awakening that brought me into, I am already whole and feeling so connected to my heart that I knew that I wanted to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I back to all those love songs that I listened to as a kid and remembered that love doesn't feel like this. Love doesn't hurt. Love mm -hmm. doesn't drive you crazy. Love doesn't make you feel crazy. Mm -hmm. No, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Took time. And it's so wild how much like the way you described um, how you felt about Jamie, like when it was good, it was so good. And then when it was bad, it was so bad. So it just bad. sounds like your mom, like the really great mom exactly. and then the, the flip side. So it makes so much sense that 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 your nervous system is wired for that. And that is that that is your comfort zone. So I've, even though you might desire something else, like when we're in relationship. And I, I mean, even like, of course, there's going to be women who are on the other side of it where they're the ones doing the breaking up every time it gets hard. And I've been in that, in that place mm. where it, I didn't have the, the communication tools or the, the tools to be able to be intimate because intimacy, we've talked about this before, but intimacy is just, is, is, is vulnerability. It's going into like having a fight and then having the really raw conversation about what was really going on for you and what's coming up and what, what's the deeper like pain that you, that is here and knowing how to understand and own your own pain so that you're not debriefing your fight with your partner and blaming them for how you feel because ultimately they're simply activating pain that was already there, which you so beautifully just illustrated in that story. And so like, but without the awareness, I remember having, I have quite secure attachment. I, I, I sometimes anxious a little bit sometimes, but quite secure attachment um, based on the, what's, who's the author of that book attached? Amir Levine. Yeah. Amir Levine. So that's a great book to read, great resource. Um, he talks about anxious avoidant attachment styles and all the variances between and so I, but that was my thing. It was like, because I felt so uncomfortable with my painful feelings, I didn't want to feel them. So I would just be like, maybe we should just break up. Like that was an easier thing to say when I was in my twenties. And thankfully I had partners that had secure attachments. So they'd stay and they'd work through it with me. And, you know, yeah. we, and so we wouldn't actually break up, but I remember saying that a lot. 
and that being that just sounding like the solution when I felt really uncomfortable. And the reality is if that is you and you're listening and you in your relationships feel really uncomfortable when pain comes up and when things get heated and when conflict arises, it just means that you don't have a relationship to your own pain. And that's why you do the deeper nervous system healing work and you hire a therapist or you hire a coach, depending on where you're at in your development journey. Um, I certainly talk to a lot of women who aren't ready for what I do and they need more trauma work, like you, what you do in our child work. Um, so it just depends on where you're at in your journey in terms of what you need. And also depends on the severity of the trauma you've experienced yes. in your life. And so, I mean, I've worked with women who have this pattern, but we've been able to break it in it through the work that I do. So it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's amazing when you have that relationship to yourself and when you're able to own everything that you feel. And, and that's what this podcast is, is like learning how to operate your life from this sacredly selfish place where you realize, oh, I've been blaming the world for my pain and I've been blaming the world or crediting the world for my pleasure when all of them are me. And I'm actually giving away parts of myself instead of actually owning and going into myself. And that's what creates intimacy and relationship when we have that relationship with ourselves first and can bring that into relationship. So, yeah. I'm so glad you just addressed the woman that might be in Jamie's position because I was a fear of abandonment. I actually have never broken up with anyone. I have never, I have such deep appreciation for every person that has initiated that conversation because it takes a tremendous amount of self-love and courage and vulnerability to make that decision. But every, but with my abandonment issues, I was not going to leave anybody. (laughs) And so every single boyfriend I've, I've shared before, like every single boyfriend broke up with me. And what is true is there was near the end, Jamie did ask to get back together. And I had done enough healing work that I was so clear that it was a no. But the reason every woman has to hit her own bottom, who's caught up in these patterns, or essentially, maybe don't have to say it as a bottom, but like only you can make this decision. And that's why it's like, be really careful of manipulative sales. Like Kate and I only work with women, even if you have tremendous trauma, I can't get you to care enough about yourself that you enter this container. I hit bottom where it was my life mattered enough to me that I was going, I was willing to do whatever it took to heal. And that's what it takes to enter in any work because no, you don't have to, you know what? You can keep doing this if that's your prerogative and that's what you want. Because what was clear for me is all my friends told me to stop. I am very grateful at an Epic therapist who of course never told me to stop. And I've had, and, and Lauren, Lauren is the one that gave me the most important feedback I've ever received, which was one day I'm crying about him at her house, right on the couch. And then, she, and he had moved back to California at this time. And she said, why are you okay with someone who's okay? Only seeing you every three months. Why are you okay with someone who's okay? Not being close to you. Why are you okay with someone who's okay? who doesn't want to marry you, doesn't want the things that you want. And on that particular day, I could hear it. And Mm -hmm. on that particular day, I drew the line 
in the sand. And mm -hmm. spirituality is important in a way that it brings you into the truth about who you are, because who you are is love. You are already whole. You are already enough. But we are dealing with human shit. <laughs> and so I had an, like it was the journey of I had to make the decision for myself. And that day when he said, I want to get back together, he actually broke up with his girlfriend in order to hang out with me one more time. He had another girlfriend. Mm. Um, and I said, no, because I had me yes. and I had enough self-worth to say, I want me more than anything else. And I wasn't chasing some other boyfriend. It wasn't, I broke up with him because I had somebody else I was interested in. And that's why every single, the path of the new truth, the path of the new paradigm is you valuing you. you. And I get that if you had a childhood where that wasn't the case, it, there actually is work that has to be done. Yes. It's not your fault, but yeah. you do have to live into the practice and you can start small, small yes. doable steps of how will I act like someone who has value today? How will I value my, myself enough today? How will I step off a merry-go-round of on again, off again, and face the reality that this doesn't work? And the child fantasizes in order to escape her own pain. There's a reason we go into fantasy and it should not, it's not to be shamed. It's not to be criticized. You don't, it's not giving yourself a pep talk. It's actually loving that little girl and saying, you know what? I'm here now. You can cry with me. It isn't okay that none of your needs are met as a child. And even though your parents did the best that they could, it isn't okay. And I find that that's one of the hardest wake up calls for people. Everyone just wants to say their parents did the best that they could. But mm -hmm. guess what? If you don't hold your parents accountable for the pain they caused you, you will never hold anyone else accountable. And that's why inner child work is so powerful. Mm -hmm. The men are so, we're so freaking compassionate. And that is the worst quality to have when you're dating because your compassion and empathy is what makes excuses for people rather mm -hmm. than believing that there are people who are adults that can show up for you. Adults yes. who can take care and of themselves and who are responsible for their problems and they don't need you to save them and they don't need you to fix them and they don't need you to give yourself up in order to be in relationship with them. Because that's certainly what happened. I had no self and codependency is essentially about a lost self. You don't know who you are. And on again, off again is a reflection of all your insecure attachments from childhood and also intermittent reinforcement. Everybody write that down. Imagine a little rat in a cage who, when it presses a button, food comes out. When I press the button, food comes out. Oh, cool. This is really great. I can trust that when I take this action, I receive food consistently. But then what happens when the food stops coming out? Guess what? It doesn't give up. It works really, really hard and keeps hitting the little lever over and over and over again because every once in a while something comes out. That's what intermittent reinforcement is. And that's why you can't get off the merry-go-round of on again, off again, is it activates primal. Like I know that eventually some good is going to happen. I know that eventually he's really nice to me. Sometimes he's really nice to me and I can bear the pain of all the other times when he's not because I'm hanging on to the hope of that one mm -hmm. and the healing is addressing that. The healing is stopping hitting the lever and being willing to love yourself and value yourself and believe in the kind of relationship that you can have, which is consistent quality, mm -hmm. goodness and appreciation and reciprocity. 
because that's what, and that's what we stand for. Not only treating yourself with so much value, but actually taking a stand for the kinds of relationships that we can have and the new paradigm of normal, that it's no longer normal for women to settle, no longer okay for women to be crying to themselves to sleep. I was crying myself to sleep every single night being like, but I love him. <laughs> but I'm crying myself to sleep every single night. That is not love. Or it is, you can love someone and they cannot be good for you. And they cannot be the right person to create a partnership with. So stop telling your friends that they, she just needs to stop because you know what? She's not going to when you just tell her what to do because she's in her child state and it's attachment, it's drama. What you need is to tell her, you know what? I hope you find the help that you need. It's really painful for me to watch you do this to yourself over and over and over again. And I want you to know that I love you and I believe in you and you deserve more and love doesn't feel like this. And there are therapists and coaches who can help you because I'm not a relationship expert and I can't. That's how you, that's how you can help your friends. Not yelling at her, not, you know, stopping loving her, right? And throwing her under the bus because that it's not her fault, but it's much deeper than mindset. She has to hit the bottom. And you know what? If you're here, like I keep thinking about the um, people listening to the truth about engagement rings, like talk about a wake up call yeah. on that episode. And we get that maybe you all want to hang on. You want, you want that ring. You want to hang on to that beautiful ring, but it's a detox. It's a huge wake up call when you realize the system we've been living in. Cause it's so much bigger than on again, off again. I mean, the old paradigm of love is everywhere we look everywhere we look, everywhere. but you are here because you believe in more for yourself. You're listening week by week with us because you want something different. And you know what? You get to have it. You yeah. get to have it. Yes. Yeah. And a huge part of the healing is the new, like new action. Like, yes, yes. doing the deeper healing nervous system work to release trauma that's in your body, working with healers, working with coaches, therapists, all those things. And one thing I learned on my journey early on was until I actually started to take new action over and over and over again and create new neural net pathways in my mind and in my body, um, there, I would be stuck in the patterns. The patterns wouldn't shift no matter how much healing I did, no matter how much, whatever the pattern was. So for those of you that are hooked into this pattern of on again, off again, know that like by you doing the deeper healing is essential. And then when you're not with this person doing everything you can to start to pay attention to what are all the areas of my life that don't feel good? Notice your friendships. Notice how you feel in your friendships. Do I feel held? Do I feel supported? Do I feel celebrated? Do I feel, um, am I growing with this person? Do we both get to grow? Do I get to be all of who I am or am I repressing part of who I am? Start to look at all of areas of your life. If you're not willing to look at your partnership right now because you're too hooked in still, start to shift other areas so that you start feeling better because ultimately this is about building that internal resource within yourself so that you are a whole person so that you realize how much value you have because when you feel good you just feel better about yourself like when you feel healthy and vibrant and alive and happy you feel better about yourself when you allow yourself to feel your feelings as they come up but don't make meaning of them or don't judge yourself for having them and you actually just allow yourself to feel and experience and being you, 
that's how you build this, the confidence to realize like when everything feels so good, then you go back to your ex and it feels so bad. One day is going to be a bottom one day. There will be a time where it's like, wow, every other area of my life, like even change your, what you're eating, you know, cut out things that, that are hurting your body that don't feel good to you. Look at all the different areas because when you're feeling so vibrant and alive, and then you're around this person who feels so bad to be around, um, or who feels so toxic, it will be so much easier to detect and to be able to walk away. So I think about like, it's like doing a cleanse, trying to quit, let's say you're trying to quit coffee and you can't quit coffee and you can't quit coffee. And then all of a sudden you do a cleanse and you don't have coffee for 30 days. Now, when you try and add coffee back in, it doesn't feel good or maybe gluten or dairy or whatever the thing is that you cut out. And so that's the like cleanse all areas of your life so that you have more strength within yourself when you are around that person. And, um, I, cause it's going to be different for everyone. Some people will need really, really deep dive, deep healing work. And some people will just need some empowerment and, and just need to shift different areas of their life. And, um, yeah, so that's one thing I'd suggest. And then the other thing is like, fan, we talk a lot about fantasy and when fantasizing, we, I think it was, should I stay or should I go? Or maybe breakups and breakthroughs. We were talking about fantasy, um, how we, we also fantasize about our exes and we pedestal all the things that are good, but we completely disregard all the, the toxic behaviors and all the things that are actually out of alignment with our truth. Mm-hmm. And so do your, um, do get into a practice of debunking the fantasy that you're holding onto when you're not with them, because there's this hook into that person and they're feeding something. And like, if you start to unpack the fantasy and you start to unpack the story that you're telling yourself and get honest about what the relationship was, it gives you more power and more, and you, you feel more connected to your truth. And there is, I mean, ultimately so much of what we experience in relationship is fantasy is not even grounded in truth. So get really, really honest with yourself and on a daily basis, like, how do I want to feel in relationship? How do this is a practice that I have my clients do? How do I want to feel? How do I like, what do I want to experience instead of talking about the guy that you want to attract into your life? Because that's just swinging from one partner to the next. If you're trying to get over your ex by another guy, wherever you go, there you are, you're going to attract the same pattern again and again and again. So instead start to get honest with yourself. How do I want to feel in all my relationships in my friendships? Mm. Ah, I want to feel I want to feel supported and held and loved and I want to feel safe and I want to feel calm and I want to feel, I want to feel whatever connected and, and vulnerable and real and all these things. And then commit to that. Am I being that in my relationships? Am I being that in my friendships? And yeah, keep your attention on what you want to experience in your inner world versus the person in the outer world. Cause that's what keeps us hooked into this obsession with the other person. And it's really hard to feel good if you're not taking the actions. Like I, I think the deep, deep healing work is what makes space for the empowerment. It's not one or the other. Empowerment is when I acknowledge all the parts of myself and remember there is a self that knows how to take the actions that are in alignment with who I am. Right. So we're going to do another episode on what the truth, what inner child work actually is, but that's what it is. 
healing hopefully is empowering like holy god (laughs) run away from the healing that doesn't feel empowering to you Mm -hmm. but it's the willingness to be with all parts of me just like you always say you're not getting rid of your saboteur you're knowing that it's there you're not Mm -hmm. getting rid of your inner child you're starting to actually reparent her and teach her a new way of life that isn't one in which she has to betray herself in order to have love or abandon herself in order to have love or try and be someone she's not yeah. So I imagine you write down all the things you want to feel in relationship. Not only who do I have to be in order to have that experience, but what are the things that I do that align mm-hmm. with that? If I want a healthy relationship, I have to stop sleeping with my ex. If I mm-hmm. want a healthy relationship, I have to stop being afraid to say that on a first date and name the kind of vision that you want rather than, oh, I'm really afraid I'll scare someone away. I'm so sick of that. Like I am so done with that in our culture and the minimization of a woman's dreams and desires because that's what it was. I thought Jamie was as good as it could. I believed with all of my heart that it was good. I thought, I remember crying when I be like, what if I never find someone like him? And then one day it was like, whoa, I hope I don't. Uh, I really hope I don't. Like I hope I don't create this experience over and over and over again. But that empowerment is right. Exactly. I, I was talking to someone this morning and I said, you can have a conscious relationship when you're willing to give up blame period in mm-hmm. all areas of your life. Like you have to decide that you'll stop blaming anything or anyone for what you're experiencing and the things that have hurt you, the people that have hurt you, your pain is valid but it is not a reason to give up on love. It is not a reason to shrink and think that life can't be wonderful and good because everything we stand for is that, that you can have it so freaking good. You can feel so alive and so loved and so cared for in all of your relationships. And it not only starts with you being willing to bring that to your life, it's believing you're worthy and deserving of receiving it because that is what I had to work on. But you act your way there you don't yes. wait until you feel like it. It's what would a worthy woman do today? If yeah. I valued myself today, what would I do? Cause you're probably not going to feel really good. If you're eating like crap, probably not going to feel really good. If you're spending time with people who don't support you or believe in you or who are super negative themselves, which is why we created the new truth movement, Facebook group. And there've been such a ama- we have had the most amazing women on this podcast, we've had the most amazing women starting to share in the New Truth Movement group, women who are willing to share their stories and be generous with their love. We, I feel like we come back to sisterhood about in like every single episode. Oh, sisterhood is like one of the key ingredients of life. Yeah. One of the key ingredients. Like what, who do I want to be? And what are the things that that woman does? And that's what takes you there. Yes, because this pattern of on again, off again, and the old paradigm is rooted in a woman's self-worth being dictated by whether or not she has love and by whether or not she has a guy. And here's the thing or a relationship. Here is the thing. Your self-worth when you were a child, a little child, your self-worth was high. It was vibrant. It was alive. It was turned on. You didn't have to build self-worth. It just was there. You were confident. You were fearless. You were expressive. You didn't care what anyone thought you were, you were the most expressed version of you. And then that got taken away over and over and over again. 
And as adults and as women, we have to rebuild our self-worth. Nobody can do it for us. And not even like your therapist or your coach, like the practice is when I'm working with women, they have to show up and over and over and over again and actually do the work. They have to do, take the new steps, take the new action, be willing to let go of all that doesn't feel good and what's not in alignment with them anymore. And in the old paradigm in not just in love and so many like friendships and jobs, we hold on to things that are so far from aligned with ourselves that are so out of alignment, creating so much chaos and discord inside of ourselves, but we hold on to them because, because we've been taught to live in fear. Yes. And yet that's what keeps depleting your self-worth. So if you want to feel good in your relationships and attract a healthy lasting relationship that you can have intimacy and connection and aliveness and all of these things that you're desiring in relationship, you have to have, you have to, even when you're in relationship, doesn't stop when you're in relationship, when you're single and when you're in relationship and when you're married, you have to continuously every single day, take action that builds your self-worth that builds that well inside of you so that it's overflowing and so that you can't get sideswiped by a relationship if it doesn't work out or if you're the love of your life gets sick or passes away or anything can happen. Like you, we think we're set and we think all of these things are forever. Nothing is. And so if you don't have that relationship within yourself and you have not built the worth within yourself, life is going to be really fucking painful and really um, you're going to be sideswiped over and over and over again and rocked by life versus being so filled up within yourself and challenges happen and you feel the pain of it and you go through the grief process, but you're not thrown off of who you are. It becomes, it becomes the challenges become a way to deepen your relationship with yourself and to grow into more of who you are. Yes. And almost every interview we've had and every episode, we've talked about what those practices are, right? So if you haven't listened to our episode with Anne Nguyen, the, you know, breaking free from toxic relationships through sexuality and pleasure, she gave a whole bunch of very practical, tangible tips. And, and it is that, you know, I keep thinking it's not even what happens for our clients on our sessions, even though both of, both of us have potent, powerful transformational sessions. It's what happens in between. Yeah. It's what sure. you decide, what you're doing each week between episodes here on the podcast, right? What are you doing as a result of what you've just learned? Because you're yes. not a little girl anymore. You actually have sovereignty and agency now. You have autonomy and it is up to you to decide. And my God, my therapist said, I've t- said this before, I was a leaf blowing in the wind. So it is exactly <laughs> like you just said. You get without yourself, capital S, you are rocked by life. And you're moved by every circumstance and every behavior of someone else doing until you find your well of self, right? That you can stand in solid ground with who you are. And there's a lot working against us in our culture right now. There's a A lot lot of stories about who you should be and what you should do, especially as women. All you have to do is open your eyes every day and you're bombarded with messages and also, I need to talk about these Instagram filters that like change your freaking face. Like, oh, I don't so look bad. like that. Like, this is scary. Like, why That's are you why talking to me? That's why plastic surgery is insane right now. It's like, it's actually Instagram. It's scary that it's it's Instagram that's causing it to become so freaking mainstream. 
to go to, I mean, young women in their twenties go to the doctor's office or plastic surgeon's office and say, I want to look like this. And it's like, that's not your face. And the reality is when this is, yeah, a sidebar, but the, the reality is your, when you, when you follow everything we've just talked about and you learn how to build that well of self-worth within yourself, you will be more beautiful than you can ever imagine. Beauty is not founded Botox. And I will say that over and over and over and over again, we'll do many episodes about the absolute crazy psychological damage and, um, and physical damage and just the absolute, oh, breaks my heart. And your it breaks my heart is not, not your, your beauty. It too. But like that is, it's not yeah. what you look like. Yeah, and that's not why you're lovable. Do. No. Like you oh, are yeah. magnetic when you love yourself. Like I actually was thinking about this today about, I want to try to find a picture of the summer that I met Andrew, right? I had just come back from Hawaii. I, I was so alive. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about that. If you're caught and on again, off again, yes, it's some daily actions. And it was that drastic change for me. Like I lived in Hawaii for a month. I did something ma- huge shift for myself. And that's what an investment in coaching can feel like. That's what Greece feels like for every single woman that signs up for Greece. Like, yes, change happens through small doable steps every single day. But when you're caught in a merry-go-round that is sweeping you this big, it might actually take a massive leap. And it could be a trip for yourself. It could be walking away from a job. It could just be a week off. It could be saying to your girlfriends, you guys, I need help. I need help. I can't break free from this relationship. Will you come with me on a trip and take my phone? I'm not going to text him. Hold me when I cry. I I lived with my friend Lauren while I was shifting out with Jamie. Mm. Thank God for her. I could not be alone in my apartment. (laughs) And she had a four-year-old that I just babysat every single day and was obsessed with him. And he totally changed my life at that time because I remembered the magic of our playful inner child. We have a wounded inner child and a playful, vibrant, alive, not wounded, magical child, right? That's right behind the wounded one, waiting, 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 waiting to come out. So I, we hope if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please send her this episode. If you know someone who's going through this, please love up on her so much and simply remind her of all that she's worthy and deserving of. And most of all, remind yourself of that because we're going to change our relationship culture one woman at a time. One woman at a time choosing to desire more for herself. One woman at a time being willing to walk away from what's toxic and not good one woman at a time taking a stand for her beautiful dreams and desires. And that's everything that the new truth stands for. That's everything that we believe in. Get yourself a work wife. If you don't have one already, <laughs> they're, they're essential. And just having people around you that believe in you is, is how you remember your life force energy there. It's never too late. You can start right now to fall in love with yourself and right now to decide that you deserve the world. Cause you only get one life. One. Mm-hmm. Or one yes. that you remember, at least this life, whatever you believe yeah. in. <laughs> but right now you're in charge. One, one life in this vehicle. And 
Yeah, you're so worthy. And you like, I, I love that Rumi. I'm going to botch it, but the Rumi quote that you, I'd never heard it before you told me it, but she, something about she runs from room to room searching for the diamond necklace that's already around her neck. Yeah. It's like we're searching, what we're searching for in those hits. Um, it, we had a random offshoot about plastic surgery or about, you know, losing weight or about mm. getting the guy or about getting back together with your ex. And we're like constantly searching for these hits, these highs, like a heroin addiction. And ultimately the hits will never make you feel good. It's like, you have to go inward and you have to get clear on what is out of alignment within myself. Where am I lying to myself? Where, what in my life doesn't actually feel good shift that. And my God, that's when you get to experience the beauty of who you are, the magic of what life has to offer, the, the epic sisterhood that's out there waiting for you, the un unbelievable love that is just around the corner. All of the things that you desire come from you rebuilding and shifting this relationship within. So tell all your friends. Yes, <laughs> see, yes, we'll see you yes. on the New Truth Facebook group. Um, we love when you comment and share in there. And um, yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for being with us. And as always, we very much care about your experience with us and the things that you want to have us talk about. So inside the New Tooth Movement Facebook group, there is a totally anonymous little survey that you can type in anything you want us to address. We love that so much. Kate and I both are totally like responders in that way. Of give us a question or a topic and we will run with it. And that's honestly where a lot of our episode topics come from. We connect with each other each week. Hey, what have you been talking about with your clients? What are your friends talking about? Or what idiot thing did we see on YouTube that we now need to tear apart about <laughs> dating advice? But we really would love to hear from you and what's going on with you, whether you're in relationship or not right now. You know, what would you love to hear us riff on, rant on, and dissect, and most of all, tell the truth about. So we love you. Write to us and we'll see you soon. See you soon.